Welcome to Poets and Writers. This is Henry McCarthy, WEHC 90.7, coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus. We got a great show for you today. We have Tanner Cook on. He's a writer, newspaper reporter, on and on and on. So welcome to the show, Tanner Cook. Hey, Henry. How are you doing today? Doing great. And as we like to ask around the mountain here, where are you from? I'm from right here down the road in Abingdon, um, born and raised here in Abingdon. I live in Johnson City, Tennessee right now, um, and I work for, like you said, the uh, Johnson City Press and the Kingsport Times News, uh, based in northeast Tennessee, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I get to... Well, you work for the T- uh, Kingsport Times News, yeah. and wow, you have quite a career, <laughs> and talk a little bit. Now, you're in here, folks, uh, many of you know Mac McClung. So, Tanner, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You've got a T-shirt on. Talk a little bit about Matt McClung and your relationship as far as writing articles. Yeah. Um, so my first year at the at the Johnson State Press and the Kingsport Times News was in 2017. And I came in May, and Matt's senior year was 17-18. So I had the very distinct pleasure of covering him seven or eight times his senior year. And... Uh, the first game I covered was an exhibition game between Gate City and Science Hill. Now I had, you know, I'd heard of this McClung kid. I knew he was pretty good. He scored like sixty some points in a playoff game the year before against Dan River, and unfortunately they lost in the state playoffs. But you know, he was coming back. Gate City was, you know, one of the favorites to win the VHSO Class Two State Championship that year mostly because Mac was really good and Zach Irvin, his teammate, was a junior and they had this, you know, incoming freshman, Bradley Dean, who ended up, you know, he's ended up being pretty good too. But Mac's senior year was just phenomenal. Um, the first game I covered was Gate City played an exhibition game against Science Hill uh, up at Johnson County High School in Mountain City. Uh, mm-hmm. And he uh, led Gate City to an overtime win um, against Science Hill in Science Hill, Johnson City, Tennessee, um, and he scored 52 points in the game. And, you know, that just kind of hooked me from there on. That was your first time covering That, that was the first basketball game I covered, yes. Wow. You'd never heard of this kid, right? No, I mean, I'd yeah, heard of heard him, of, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, I, I'd never seen him play in person. And, you know, it's just one of those things where – it's a kind of a bad comparison, but it's like a drug. You get hooked on it. And, you know, it was one of those things where I saw him, I was like, I got to see this kid again. <laughs> well, we're talking with Tanner Cook on the show today, and he's a local fellow that's made good. And I know his parents, and I know they're proud of him. And uh, his uh, father, Tom Cook, was has been a friend of mine for years. And then your mother, she's from over in Grundy, and her mm-hmm. name is Allison. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got a lot of Southwest Virginia heritage in, in my family. A lot of mom's side of the family is from, you know, Buchanan County, Grundy, that area. Dad's side of the family is from, you know, right here in Metaview, Glade Spring area. And also they have, Dad has a little bit of uh, Southern West Virginia background on his father's side of the family. So a lot of, a lot of coal area in my, in my veins. (laughs) Well, we go back, as I told you, to the 70s. Now, talking about Mac McClung and your articles about him, 
Did, was he a former skateboarder at one time? Why could he leap so high? I, I think it was just natural ability. The kid had like a 40-some-odd-inch vertical. He was just out of this world good, um, at least for high school. And I, like I said before, I got to cover him seven or eight times uh, his senior year. I got to cover him in the state championship game. That was phenomenal atmosphere i mean you know pretty much half the town from gate city came up to richmond to watch that game and it was just uh, uh still unbelievable that he scored 47 points and won a state championship game in his last game and his his last bucket as a high school player was a, a breakaway reverse dunk and you know it couldn't have been uh, a more poetic ending, you could say. All right, Mac McClung, and he's still around, and yep. we know that he was—he uh, won the national championship for dunking, or what was that? About? Yeah, he won the NBA Slam Dunk contest this past year for the Philadelphia 76ers, and uh, he actually just got a—I um, think it was an Exhibit 10 deal. Uh, with the Orlando Magic, so he's going to be playing still on the East Coast. I mean, Orlando may seem like a little bit further away, but it's a it's a good way for you know him to stay on this side of the country. I know he's had some games in the past where he's been on the other side of the country. He's played in Chicago already. He's mm-hmm. played in Los Angeles, so we haven't really gotten to see him all that much unless we stay up real late on this side of the country. And now we're going to get to see him. A little bit, hopefully. Uh, I think he's. Uh, I think he's proven himself. I think he's going to be. Uh, hope he's a mainstay in the NBA because he can. He can play. All right, Mac McClung from Gate City, and we're talking with Tanner Cook today. He's an excellent writer, sports writer. Let's talk about some of your articles and talk to some about your writing. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. I know uh, the uh, Science Hill Dobbins Bennett rivalry. Yeah. That's one of your articles. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, you know, a lot of people know about the DB Science Hill football rivalry, but the the rivalry in everything was actually predicated on basketball. It was the first athletic meeting between the teams back in, I think it was 1921, if I remember correctly. Um, And it predated the football rivalry by just a few months. But the two teams met in King Sports. Science Hill didn't have their own gym yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And Science Hill actually at the time was called Johnson City High School. Um, And Dobbins Bennett was called King Sport High School. They hadn't renamed the schools yet. But uh, Johnson City had to catch the morning train from Johnson City to Kingsport to play the game. It the I think I read one time that the uh, the morning train left at like nine or ten o'clock in the morning, and the game wasn't until eight o'clock. So you can just think about that. The um, the the rivalry actually predates the highway between Kingsport and Johnson City uh, Highway 36, which I'm sure you're familiar with, the, mm-hmm. the Kingsport Highway or the Johnson City Highway, depending on which way you're going. But that road was built in, um, was actually built in like the 30s, like I think it was 1931 or something like that. So the rivalry predates it by almost a decade, and that's that's pretty significant. They, they've played over, I want to say it's over 270 times or something like that. And it's a fantastic rivalry. It's one of the oldest in the country. Uh, I think it's probably one of the oldest in the state. Um, they've 
the two teams have combined for I believe it's five or six state championships, something like that. You know, they've played in a multitude of different venues. Uh, they've never played outside the state of Tennessee. Um, and, and I mean, mm-hmm. both teams. Uh, Dobbins Benham, of course, is the um, they're the national wins leader uh, for high school basketball, and Science Hill is also in the top ten. It until last year, it was the only rivalry game played on a regular basis that two high school teams have over 2,000 wins apiece. Uh, and this is for programs dating back into the 20s. And <laughs> it's it's fantastic, the history that they have together. I mean... Let me tell you a quick story. Go ahead. There, okay? Yeah. We go back. My brothers went to Science Hill High School. It set up on the hill across from the Johnson's, Johnsonville Hotel. Yeah. This was, was in the early yeah, 60s. Yeah, in 50s. Yeah. So, I believe mm-hmm. that the school moved from there in 1961. Absolutely. And some greats. And then I told you that I taught at the new Dobbins Bennett High School the first year that it opened. Yep. And I met a fellow at lunchtime, and he came over and introduced himself, and he said, hello. He said, I'm Buck Van Hus from over <laughs> in Hampton. Yeah. So we got to know those folks, and he was a great coach, too, so I'm name-dropping here. And then you had Steve Spurrier, and then who was the great uh, guard for Dobbins Bennett that went on down to Wake Forest? I'll think of his name in a minute. But he uh, was a star. So many stars there, Tanner. Oh, that's Skip Brown. Yes, Skip Brown, absolutely. Uh, Last year, he's assistant athletic director at Wake Forest. And my wife taught him in junior high and really got a kick out of it when he she was sitting behind and he turned around and he said, oh, hello, Miss McCarthy. And he was a little embarrassed, but these are, these are great people, great rivalry. And I remember my brothers who would go to the football game it was and all they would uh, take squirt guns with, uh, you know, onions juice in it, <laughs> you know, so they could uh, get after the Dobbins Bennett people. And so great story there. We're talking with Tanner Cook today about some of his articles. And you write for Kingsport Press, Johnson City Chronicle, both, right? Yeah, yeah. We're one sports department. Um, it's all under this umbrella. We're called the Six Rivers Media LLC. We have, obviously, the two daily newspapers in Kingsport and Johnson City, Um and then we have, uh, I think it's four or five other weekly newspapers around our area. Uh, the Irwin Record, the Mountain City Tomahawk. Um, there, there's the, uh, I, I can't remember, oh. the Jonesboro Herald and Tribune. There's a, there's a bunch of them. Uh, it's a great company to work for. We're the largest family-owned uh, news business in the entire Tri-Cities area. So it's, it's pretty, it's a it's a great company to work for. I like working for them. Absolutely, and we're glad you're here, and we love reading and picking up those papers and reading your articles. Okay, you've written uh, many, many articles. Now I'm going to pitch another one to you here. Olin Castle. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that article. Yeah, um, Olin, uh, that's, you know, anyone that knows anything about uh, – Southwest Virginia sports knows that the name Olin Castle occasionally comes up when you're referring to greatest accomplishments. Um, There's not too many people that can really stand up to an Olympic gold medal. Um, The 64 um, Tokyo Olympics, he was the leadoff leg on the American 4x4 relay team. Uh, Olin is from originally he was born in Nicholsville, Virginia. Um, and then he uh, he transferred, he moved to Appalachia. His dad was um, 
working at the Tipple way back there in Pardee. Uh, it's one of the back coal mm-hmm. camps there in the on the outskirts of town. And Olin you know, walked to school a lot. This was in the in the forties and the fifties, and <laughs> Olin was fantastic athlete. Um, he was really kind of the the first guy from our area to really make a name for himself on the state stage, at least at the outdoor state meet. He was he held the he held the state record in the two hundred and twenty yard dash as a on the straightaway. That he had run the curve back then. Um, he held that for many, many, many years. Um, even when they went to the uh, went to run the curve in the I believe it was the 60s. They started running the curve in the 200. Mm-hmm. And he still, even on the conversion, he still held the record at the, the state meet. And he, he, the way he tells the stories is unbelievable because his first track, one of his first track meets was actually not on a track. It was um, a glorified 100-yard dash. Uh, it was on the football field down there at Gate City. And, and he went to what high school again? He went to Appalachia. He went to Appalachia. Yeah, okay, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and his his first track meet was basically a glorified 100-yard dash, which more or less ended up being a 110-yard dash because they mismeasured and everything. But they started the clock, and when Olin crossed the finish line, the coaches that were you know picking the line – looked down at it and looked down at the watches and they said, well, that can't be right because Olin had run <laughs> like 9.8 seconds or something like that. It was, it was something, it was something unbelievable to break 10 for yes. a makeshift hundred yard dash. And it was, it was crazy. And of course, Olin ended up starting at East Tennessee state. Mm-hmm. Um, and he transferred after I think mm-hmm. it was two years mm-hmm. to the University of Houston, mm-hmm. and he never really did much in college. But they saw the talent, and he ended up, um, you know, of course, going into the military. And he trained specifically for the Olympics in because uh, he he was class of fifty six at Appalachia. And I think he was class of 60 or 61 at Houston. And then he trained for a couple of years. And, of course, he was on the Olympic 4x4 team in 64 in Tokyo that won the gold medal and set the world record at the time for the 4x4. And I believe, Mm. and he told me this uh, when I interviewed him, that the 4x400 relay record over the years has only gotten better by about it's like six or seven percent from when he ran so he was really one of the part of that first wave of really good sprinters for the u.s other than you know um oh geez uh jesse owens uh, from ohio state but um he was part of that next really great wave and olin is very humble. I love talking to him. He's, I think Olin's getting close to 90 now, but he, he still is alive and kicking as far as I know. And of course he became the head of the USATF. He actually started the USATF and he, he had been to, I think every Olympics 
since 1964 until the uh, the uh, the postponed 2021s that were in Tokyo. Excellent. Tanner Cook talking about Olin Castle and talking about his articles that he's written about some famous people and famous situations, backing up a little bit and talking about Olin from Appalachia. I know mm-hmm. Danny Long and yeah. Bill Carlton and his uh, brother. I think he had a brother that went to East Tennessee State. Yeah. Randy, I believe it is. Talk a little bit about how he came out of that and – what do you think? You've seen many great athletes. What was it in him that got him as far as he did coming from uh, Appalachia High School? I think it was just pure grit and determination. Those people over there, uh, especially in Wise County, are you know very proud of their heritage, and they are a lot of them are extremely hard nosed people, and they are they have a lot of grit, and they they'll do anything to win and they they hate losing just about as much as anything and doesn't matter if it's football or tiddlywinks they're gonna try to win it um but olin came from very poor upbringing like a lot of those kids Mm -hmm. over in appalachia did during that time i mean all they had was the coal business you know Dad worked. Dad worked for you know twelve, fourteen hours a day. Mom stayed home a lot, mm-hmm. and there, a lot of the times they were big families. And Olin and his pupil and his uh, you know his um, siblings they walked to school. Olin, yeah, sure. I th- Olin, I think told me one time he walked like fifteen miles to school or something. One like now, now I take that with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. but, but still, it, it, yeah. he, I mean, he probably did not ride a bus or they did not you know you know ride a car to school uh he probably had to walk and he probably had to start at four or five in the morning to get there by eight o'clock so it's you know it it, it was just a different time back then so you would say having goals and also uh, self-discipline too the self-discipline is amazing and uh, you know i think of so many great athletes and i've name dropped before about steve spurrier oh yeah and your dad kids me about him and so on, but I felt privileged to grow up with him and around him there. And he had that goal in his mind from a kid. You know, he would lie back there in his room, he and his brother's room, Graham, and they'd have all those sports magazine pictures of all the famous athletes that uh, Steve wanted to become. And I know that he was so self-disciplined. And I watched a PBS series on uh, Muhammad Ali, Mm -hmm. and you realize, you know, Muhammad was a great showman, and he copied Gorgeous George, if Mm -hmm. any of you go back to the wrestling, but he also had tremendous discipline and tremendous talent, so the combination of two, so we're talking about some very interesting people, and of course, women athletes, too. I'm going to, are there certain athletes that come to mind, I know, just throwing this out here very quickly, there's Olin and so on. Who else comes to mind that you've written about? Just, you know, I mean, there's a, Ashton Bishop really comes to mm-hmm. mind. Uh, she was from Gate City in the early 2000s. Um, I remember uh, she was a little bit before my time, but I remember, you know, growing up reading about her, she did everything. She was a fantastic athlete in just about everything. Uh, she was a part of a couple of volleyball state championships. She was like a, I think, nine-time state champion in track and field, and um, and she was a part of a couple of a state championship team volleyball uh, and basketball, excuse me. So pretty much everything she did turned to gold. Ashton and, Bishop. Yep, and mm-hmm. Ashton was uh, – I 
I see her now a lot. Uh, she has a niece that goes to Dobbins Bent and plays volleyball, but, um, you know, she was just a fantastic athlete. Ended up going to East Tennessee State, and she succeeded there, but not as much as she did in high school. Right. But, I mean, to win nine state championships, and she won everything from the 1600 to the high jump. She was just a pure athlete. Just You don't see stuff like that coming around, especially in southwest Virginia, all the time. Um, I know Phil Robbins made the remark one time that she had done more for – girls sports in outdoor track and field and other sports than anyone had done in 25 years so it, that that's saying a lot coming from and, and so this was in the 70s or no 80s? no no this no. was in the early 2000s oh okay yeah this yeah. is actually fairly recent so how did you first uh start covering her was i didn't cover her but okay. i knew of her yes. I, but i've talked with her a couple of times and, absolutely and you know, it's one of those things where, you know, she was just so determined. She wanted to win everything. And, yeah. you know, you come across that a more, you come across that sometimes in men, but you don't really come across that a lot in the girls. Um, but they, but the ones that do usually stand out and you can tell that they hate losing. I mean, there's, there's plenty of girls that I cover right now mm-hmm. that are like that. They mm-hmm. have a, incredible incredible desire to win and right. an incredible work ethic I and mean, more opportunities yes now yes too. yes now nowadays yeah. you definitely have more opportunities for the women than you did you know 30 you know even 20 years ago. absolutely well tanner now we've been talking about tanner cook and talking about running and uh track and so on. Talk a little bit about it. I know that you were pretty good in your own right. Now, I know you're reluctant to talk about that. I'm, you know, if I'd done what you'd done, I'd put it on billboards, but I followed you a little bit because I'd run into your dad out on the creeper trail. And so talk a little bit about your track experience. Yeah. Um, so I ran here in Abingdon um, for four years. Um, I was all state twice, um, indoor 3200 and cross country. Um, cross country was my junior year. Um, indoor 3200 was my senior year. Um, I, I kind of had some bad luck, uh, with injuries, um, my last year, but, uh, anyways, I was fortunate enough to get a college scholarship, run for King university down there in Mm -hmm. Bristol. And, um, had a really good four-year career. Um, I was all-conference every year except one. Um, my senior, my freshman year in cross country, mm-hmm. um, I was all-region four times. Uh, I went to two NCAA Division two national championships. One with a team, one with one as an individual. Um, the and te- what were you running? Uh, we were running um, ten thousand meters for cross mm-hmm. country. Um, so. I ran in Spokane, Washington my freshman year when I went with the team. And my senior year, uh, when I went as an individual, uh, we ran in St. Leo, Florida, which is outside of Tampa. And two very different experiences. Um, I I wouldn't trade those NCAA experiences for anything. I mean, just the atmosphere of an NCAA championship in any division is 
just for sure it's it's something for sure it's something did you ever get out to eugene oregon no i've never been to um Mm -hmm. the university of oregon i've I've always wanted to go that's Mm -hmm. uh that's a bucket list thing i wish i had gone Mm -hmm. out there before they redid hayward field because the Mm -hmm. you know with the grandstands absolutely i really wish i could have experienced the old hayward it it was great i've bragged to you patty and i was in graduate school and we lived right next to it in a little apartment you could oversee it and i told you about steve prefontaine seeing him run by the house tanner i'm going to ask you you've written so many great articles give us another article that you will share with us here on poets and writers today yeah um so i love history and Mm -hmm. one that i did um this has been a couple of years ago uh now um on uh the old langston high Mm -hmm. the 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 Golden Tigers. Mm-hmm. You probably remember Johnson that. City. Johnson mm-hmm. City. Yes. Um, the, for those that don't know, that was the African American school. Yes. Uh, that if you go now to Johnson City, the uh, the Langston Center is there over on Myrtle Street. Uh, you can actually see it from the interstate, and that, it has a really cool displays and everything. And uh, where the original gym was is where that gym is now and it's more of a community center but i very much encourage you because they do a nice job over there but um so back in the 60s this is in the early 60s when um you probably guy you know the name of johnny russaw he mm-hmm. was the first black player football player at east Tennessee state um I like Johnny. He's a really great guy. I need to call him, actually. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Johnny played on some of those really great Langston teams of the early 60s. And Langston back then, they ran a full open court style of basketball, kind of like that fast break that you see now a lot in college where they score all these points. And this was was without a three-point line. And, uh, you know, they were fun to watch. And, of course, they... Nothing was integrated back then, not yet. I think Johnson City Schools integrated in 64. I want to say that's the correct year. About so, that. So, sometime around there. Mm-hmm. But um, so so the, the, the black high schools couldn't play the whites teams. They, you know, they played the, the other black schools like um, Kingsport Douglas and Elizabethan Douglas. Um, uh, Bristol Slater, um, mm-hmm. Bristol. Um, there's a there's another Douglas in there somewhere, and you know they played these all these teams from Southwest Virginia and Northeast Tennessee that were the the black high schools, and Langston was you know regarded as probably the best, and a lot of people that were alive during that time that went to watch both the black and the white schools play, they say Langston was the uh, unquestionably the best team just just because of the way they played and you know they had a guy named Kenny Hamilton yeah um, you probably remember him mm-hmm. big guy and they they called him big Kenny he scored 85 points uh, one time against uh, uh Newport Tanner uh in Johnson City that was a fantastic team and the, just the totals from all those games they were unbelievably good Wow, talking about Langston High School and some of the articles Tanner Cook has written for Press Chronicle and uh, Kingsport Times. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah, correct. Absolutely. We're very pleased to have you on the show today. And as we watch the clock here and wrap up today on Poets and Writers, 
Tanner Cook, it's been a pleasure. We're going to have to have you on again. Uh, any closing comments? Um, we really would love your support um, to you know buy and read the paper because I'm sure as most of you, you know that um, you know community newspapers are going away. Um, it, it's, it's just harder and harder to keep them alive. Um, but we want you to you know continue reading and continue buying the paper because we don't want this area to become a news desert uh, uh, for all intents and purposes. Um, the paper is vital. Well said, Tanner Cook on Poets and Writers today. It's been a pleasure to interview you, and you take me back to uh, the days of your dad and your mom. So thank you for being on the show today. And this is Henry McCarthy saying, do not wait up for me. Do not be afraid to stay or still away. I'm going out to write a poem and watch the children play. Thanks for listening. <laughs>